Gaten. I'm Mike Bailey. I am the pastor here at Gaten, and we're excited to have you here with us. We are concluding our series on Puzzled and how life can be puzzling, how the Bible can be puzzling, and um, just how, how God reveals things sometimes in his timing, in his ways. And we started off with this idea that uh, there's a soil that, that we all are nurturing in one way or the other, and we're growing in that soil, or we're being overtaken by weeds and uh, or rocks or birds are taking uh, the seed of the gospel from us. Then we looked at weeds and how no matter what happens in life, there will always be messiness. There will always be these weeds around us, um, whether in the church or around the world. And then lastly, we talked about the mustard seed and how something very small can be planted within us, within the world, and grow and uh, produce such an amazing uh, amount of fruit and life and uh, a beautiful tree. And today we're going to talk about treasure. Before we go there, uh, there's a lot of things that puzzle me in life, and I think things that puzzle other people, and maybe you think of things that are puzzling to you. I got a call this week. I was invited to speak as one of the pastors for an event that we have here in Richmond, and um, as the, the person that was talking to me and telling me about the event, they asked me to speak on St. Patrick's Day because looking at my last name, they thought I was Irish. Now, Bailey is not Irish. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if I'm ruining their event or not, uh, but it, does, it is derived, it's an English term. My grandfather was, has English origins, and it, we're told that it connects to the bailiff as the, that's where the, the origin of the name comes. Now, where I am puzzled, and maybe you're puzzled, is who is the one who got to choose our last names? And why did they start having last names to begin with? Did they say from this point on, this point henceforth, you shall be Bailey. And not only will it be Bailey, but it will be B-A-Y-L-Y, so you will confuse everyone. <laughs> right? Who gets to choose this? Where did they, who, where was this established? Why do certain people get these uh, opportunities to make such huge impacts? Because names, where did your name come from? All right, another thing that confuses me is spelling. Who got to pick how we spell English words? Right? All right, I want you in your mind right now, I want you to spell baloney. Spell baloney. Now, as you spell it, do you have any ends? Phonetically, do you hear any ends? There are two ends. Now, even worse, did you put a G in there? There is a G in baloney. To me, that is baloney. <laughs> but the truth is, is that there's so many things. As, and what I've learned is the more you learn, the, the more you realize you don't know, right? And there's this expanse. And as the puzzle reveals itself, you reveal, it reveals a much larger puzzle. And there's so many questions. And we could spend every day thinking about question after question after question, right? Because there's just so much that we don't know. But I do think it comes back to this bigger question, a much more helpful question, a question that can frame all the other questions, right? And so this morning, as we finish up this uh, the series on puzzled and, and how God reveals himself in different ways over, over time and with people. Um, the question I want to ask is a big one. Why do we exist? Why do we exist? This morning, why does the earth exist? Why does the United States exist? Why does Gaten Baptist Church exist? Why do you exist? today. 
that's what we're going to look to God's word, and hopefully he will reveal some truths to us that inspire and challenge and grow. So before we do that, let's precede our time with prayer. Let's pray. Father, your name is holy, you are love, you are just, you are righteous, you are kind, you are compassionate, and Lord, we want to ask you this question of our existence, please reveal to us truth, Lord, we ask that your will would guide us in this conversation, Lord, we pray that what is known in heaven and what is true in heaven would be true here in this room at this time. Lord, as we think about our purpose and our existence, give us what we need to know. Give us the knowledge and the wisdom. Give us the passion. Give us the direction. And Lord, as we think about this, help us to recognize how much patience and how much forgiveness you've given us in our own journeys and help us, Lord, to understand the importance of that. And Lord, as we talk about such a big question and we think about this big idea of why we're here, what is our purpose, why do we exist? Lord, I pray that you would protect us from getting off track, from losing focus, from falsehoods, and that we would trust you and what you said and that, Lord, it would, it would change our lives, it would change the way we live, that we would conform to you, and that we would decrease so that you may increase. Lord, we pray that you would speak clearly, that your, your words that you inspired Matthew to record for us today, that they would, they would mean something special, they would mean something more than just words on a page. Lord, we thank you that you have allowed us to study this, to look at this, to invest our lives in it. We pray that you would bless it, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've been going through this series, I've been trying to give some helpful tools that will help you. I know uh, for me personally, um, I, I haven't always had an appetite for God's word. I know a lot of people tell me that it's confusing, and there's a lot to there's just a lot to take in when you read the Bible. And so I uh, want to give you some, some helpful tips as you start a new year. Many of you start school this week, um, start new rhythms, new ways of, of, of setting up your schedule. I believe, and I believe that, uh, that the Bible is fairly clear that, that God's word makes an impact in our lives. It doesn't return void. It teaches us and, and it shows us, reveals truths to us. It, it brings about um, clarity. And so when we look at God's word, I believe it's important to do it on a regular basis. And so as you do that, helping you to digest that, helping you to understand that we have so many tools that are helpful for us. One of the ones I've shared with you throughout the series is um, just commentaries, getting a commentary so you know what the author meant for the people that he was writing to, um, that how they would have heard it, how they would have understood it. And so I have here exploring the Gospel of Matthew by John Phillips. There's lots of great commentaries out there to help you as you study God's Word. Um, I believe cross-referencing, if you have a Bible that has that uh, tool where you can look at other passages that apply to the passage you're reading, we're going to do that a little bit this morning. It's beneficial. It gives you a vaster picture of what is being taught. But the most important, the most essential part of reading God's word and understanding it is inviting the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. And I believe the best way to invite the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you is through praying and asking and seeking and saying, God, please give me 
the understanding here because I want to understand and I want to know this. And so as we go here, Matthew chapter 13, this is, is kind of rounding out those parables. Remember, we talked about the seeds being scattered. We talked about um, the, the fact that the weeds grow. We talk about a seed that turns into a mustard seed that grows into a great branch, uh, a great tree. And so today, we continue on, and he tells another parable. And remember, he is talking about the kingdom of heaven, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And here's what he says, Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. So here's the scenario. A man, he is, we don't know why he's in this field. We don't have any background. It's a parable. It's a a story teaching a greater truth about the kingdom of heaven, the mystery of the heaven. And uh, here he finds a treasure in a field. The first thing that's interesting when we read this, if, you, if you're following along there, what is the first thing that's interesting that happens? If you found a treasure today, what would you do? If you sat down and, and you looked under your seat and there was a $100 bill, there's no $100 bills under anybody's seats, <laughs> what would you do? You'd be like, yes, I got 100 and you'd probably go spend that 100 or put it in the bank or do something with it. What does this man do? He buries it, right? He buries it. And for us, reading that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why did he rebury a treasure he just found? Why did he rebury a treasure he just found? My suggestion is, and this might be something that helps us understand this altogether, you cannot claim a treasure that's on someone else's property. You cannot claim a treasure that belongs to somebody else. You cannot claim a treasure that's not on your property. You know, one of the things I, I think about a lot is cultural Christianity, that we live in America, so we have to be Christians, right? But that's not true, is it? It's not true. I'm not a Christian because my parents are Christians. I'm not a Christian because my grandparents are Christians. I'm not a child of the kingdom until it becomes my own until I take it as my own. And so I think what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that the truth is, is that he understood that to take that treasure back, it wouldn't be his treasure. Someone else would claim it. Secondly, he, he does what? He takes and sells all that he has. He sells all that he has. And what kind of attitude does he have when he sells all that he has? He has joy, right? He has joy. It's not like, well, I got to do this. I got to go to church on Sunday. I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. I just got to do it. If I want to be good, I got to do it. No, he has such joy about this truth. He recognizes that this treasure has great value. And so what I encourage you with this morning is this concept that this man understood the value of the treasure. He understood what he found. He wasn't confused about it. He knew this treasure is more valuable than everything I own. This treasure is more valuable than everything I own. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man finds. And he understands that that treasure is more valuable than all that he has because he goes back with joy and sells it all. And then what does he come back and do? He buys the land. So the treasure may become his. 
as a pastor, I get a lot of really interesting opportunities, all right? And I'm going to share a story with you. At a church I pastored previously, there was an individual who lived in the same neighborhood as the church, and this man had, um, he had like a farm, and he had a very large house, and in his house, he had all of these uh, relics and artifacts he had collected, probably a lot of money's worth of stuff that was like his own museum. And so I took my son over because we were invited over to, to see some of these relics and see some of these artifacts, and we were going through. He has two uh, NASCARs in his house that he collected. He was, a, he was a, the, the, the guy that starts the race, the pace setter, and so he had two full-size NASCARs in his house. He had all of these wonderful things, and we're going through his house, and we see this one uh, area where it has these gold coins, and there's a ton of these gold coins and some other uh, artifacts, and it was in sand. He had set it up so that it would look like where it actually came from, and, and my son said, what is this? And, and this wonderful man sat down and began to tell us the story of where these gold coins came from. In 1622, about 24 ships from Spain set off to Havana. And in these ships was a large portion of Spain's wealth. The purpose of this wealth was to pay for parts of Florida so that there would be ownership of Spain in Florida. On September 4th, 1622, a hurricane came through, much like the hurricane we have coming right now that we're grateful that it's turning off coast. Off the southern coast of Florida, these ships all sunk. Three people survived. The three people would then return to find where these ships sank. And unfortunately, a second hurricane had come through. And what markers they used, buoys they had used to remember where that spot was, had been moved. And so the vast majority of this treasure, which was amounted of much of Spain's treasure, was lost here off the coast of southern Florida. And so, fast forward to the modern day. My neighbor's friend, his name was Mel Fisher. He lived in Indiana. He sold everything he had to go to South Florida to look for treasure. In his looking for treasure, he found two tanks, two cannons. And these two cannons, he believed, belonged to the ship, one of the ships, the main ship, the Atochi. This is the picture of the Atochi. He found two of the cannons, but he had to have the third cannon for them to validate that this was actually the Atochi. He was on his last week of all of his funds. He had no more money. He would have to return to Indiana, an unsuccessful venture, had lost everything he owned. The very week he was prepared to end his search, he finds the third cannon. And in so validates the truth that this is the Atochi. There's another picture of what he found. In this finding was one of the greatest findings of treasure of recorded history 
It measured up to $400 million of treasure. Do you realize if the Atochi and all these ships don't sink, we might all be speaking Spanish, Spain Spanish. And here there were gold coins because the man who lived across the street from us had helped him dive and collect these treasures. I think about this story and I think about the fact that here was something that would have impacted every one of us in this room. Here's an event that happened in history that you may never even heard about, right? And there's this treasure that was sitting there for, for, from 1622 to 1990 is when they ended up finding all the treasure. And here this man, Mel Fisher, gave up everything he had. Why? Because he knew it was worth it for him. He knew if he found this, this would change his, his financial situation for life. And so he gave up everything he had to find this treasure. And in finding it, he revealed something about history that most didn't even know. This morning, how much greater of a treasure is the kingdom of God? How much greater treasure is the kingdom of God? And who is able to find this treasure? He continues in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for a fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Here's what I believe Jesus is trying to teach us in this parable, a teaching of a greater truth, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying, that there is nothing in this life more valuable than being part of the kingdom of heaven. And to receive and be a part of the kingdom of heaven, to gain, uh, to be part of that adopted place within the kingdom of heaven, what I must first do is confess that everything I can accumulate, everything that I am, all the good that I am, is not enough. It is not as great. It is not as wonderful. It is not as splendid. There's nothing in this world. There's nothing I have. There's nothing I can do that compares to the glory of God. Nothing. This morning, take everything you've ever achieved, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever desired, and it, nothing compares to the glory of God. And when you recognize the treasure of the kingdom, when you recognize this treasure that is offered to all of us, that Jesus says in this parable to everyone who hears, there is a treasure that is greater. It is greater than anything you can imagine. It is worthy of you giving your entire self to the glory and kingdom of God. Paul summarizes it as we cross-reference this to Philippians 4, 7. Paul says it in this way about his life. But whatever we gain, whatever were gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. Once more, I consider everything a loss because of the suffering worth, surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ of my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Basically, Paul says, everything in life is worth giving up to knowing Christ and being part of his kingdom. Everything in life, everything in 
pales in value, pales in importance, pales in all categories in which we can consider to knowing Christ and being part of his kingdom. And so how do we live into that? How do we receive that? How do we embrace that? I confess that I exist for the glory of God. Not my own glory, not the glory of anything else. I exist for the glory of God. And I exist for the growth and for the revelation of his kingdom. I believe every single one of us in this room exist for the glory of God and for the expanding of his kingdom. This morning, how is that relevant to you? How is that relevant to us? How many treasures have we looked at and have brought stress, anxiety, and corruption into our lives? How many treasures have we held on to? How many treasures do we look at and, and just focus our hearts, our minds, everything onto? And here Jesus says, here's a treasure that every morning when you wake up, every morning, you can conf- confess, I exist today for your glory. And I exist today for your kingdom to be known. Because your kingdom and your relationship is greater than all else. I would submit to you this morning, the reason Gaten exists is for the growing of God's kingdom. The reason that we meet right now, and as hard as it is for us to truly understand, as hard as it is for us to get our minds around, this reality, that you were brought into this planet, everything, and this is such an amazing thing, as I was looking around, everything that is occurring is for the glory of God. Every building that gets built, every new school year, everything that happens around this planet, everything that happens from this point on that has happened since the beginning is for the glory of God and for the expansion of his kingdom. Everything, whether good or bad, will reflect his glory and will establish his kingdom forever. This value, whether we acknowledge, see it, or recognize it, is true. And we're invited into it. We're invited to sell all we have to repent of our own uh, idolatry, our own self-worship, and to receive through, through the grace of God the forgiveness of sins and the eternal life in this kingdom. This is grace. This is peace. This is purpose. We exist for this purpose. What is God saying to you? Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God teaches. Kingdom of heaven is a treasure that's worth selling everything for. And to sell everything with joy because it's greater than anything we can imagine. That treasure was established 2,000 years ago on a cross. It was the day that the door was opened between heaven and earth and the place where God invited us into his home, into his presence eternally. That kingdom was built on the fact that a, a perfect body was broken and that perfect blood was shed so we could have life.
And so now as we come to the time of communion, let us consider, what is this? What does this bread mean to you? What does this cup mean to you? For a few moments of just contemplation, of meditating on these truths, let us prepare our hearts to come to the table.